All right, welcome back to another episode of The Broom Boys. I'm uh, Guy, and my brother Buddy is here with us. How you doing, folks? Um, this week, I think we're gonna we're gonna. There's not been a whole lot of news, I don't think, right? Yeah, no, it's been pretty quiet news wise. Um, I think the most exciting thing I saw was they re- they've been releasing box art and disc art for the physical release of Rise of Skywalker. But no date yet. But yeah, that's been about it. It's been a quiet week. All right. So yeah, not not a whole lot. Um, I know I kind of did a little bit of just like, you know, off the cuff reading of this and that, but nothing like actual, like important. So that being the case, no big news. Uh, let's let's go back a little bit into last week. We were talking about. Uh, KOTOR and KOTOR 2 and a potential remake um, and that kind of brought me to to kind of want to I guess look into a little bit about the force itself right yeah the, the mystery uh, that is the force I mean we all have seen it in the movies video games cartoons whole nine yards but what the force is what it does if it has motives, I mean, that's all pretty much a big mystery at this point with um, some sources giving us some hints. Right. Um, like, boy, I, I, there, I just had something on my, on my brain. I could tell. Um, I could tell. You got really quiet. Um, right. I was thinking my brain, yeah, I, my, my thought <laughs> was going, um, Ultimately, I guess there's certain things that you you bring up a, a good point. I think with the idea of whether or not the force is actually, uh, uh, I guess you could you say, uh, uh, um, a, a being or a thinking. Um, you know, uh, what is what word am I looking for? Um, I mean, I don't. Anyway. I don't know. Um, I just because and right. I hate to do this to everybody, but um, yeah. Ultimately, well, what, is, what is the force? I mean, that's that's probably the the big question. And of course, you know, like Obi Wan said, well, the force is what gives a Jedi its power. It's an energy field created by all living things from a New Hope. Everybody's probably, hopefully, heard that dozens, if not hundreds, of times. Yeah, and then Rey in The Last Jedi said it's a power that the Jedi have to, uh, I can't remember, she said something about moving rocks, and then, you know, Luke said everything you said, everything you just said was wrong. Um, you know, uh, he, he went on to make the broader point that, you know, the Force doesn't just belong to the Jedi and doesn't just belong to the Sith, it belongs to everybody, and that, you know, even, even if the Jedi are extinct, the Force isn't going to die. And to think otherwise is hubris. So, um, you know, what the force is, obviously... Is it cognizant? Is it, is it, is it aware? Is the force aware? Uh, no, I don't think so. Only, I, and this is, when you, when you, part of the reason why, when you asked if it was a being or something like that, if I and part of the reason what it made me wonder if it was cognizant or not is because um, it does they do 
talk multiple times that the force is ultimately i mean it, it was like manipulated uh the uh, sidious manipulated it for to to create life and those kind of things kind of things um and it does sort of like a balance in the force is i mean and i'm not saying that it's aware like aware but there's got to be some kind of for it to to seek a, a balance in itself there has to be some kind of self-awareness right i i mean that's an interesting question because then you also have to bring up multiple times we've heard the will of the force um so if the force has a will it has motivations it has wants i guess but i mean is i don't know that's a it's a very tricky subject with no real definitive right. subject matter to go and touch on um you know and of course i hate to bring them up but then you have the midi-chlorians who you know qui-gon said oh well they are microscopic beings that live in all of our blood cells and they make us aware of the force and they communicate the will of the force to us if you can quiet your mind and listen to them okay fine fair enough um which i mean i guess if you're trying to explain a mystical force or bring some context to it not the best way to do it but you know at the same time maybe not the worst um i guess it also all depends on what when you imagine a, a midi-chlorian what you imagine it looks like i mean does it is it like the uh, uh minion from um despicable me are they are they minions like running around uh, I mean, I imagine them just like, um, you know, just microscopic, I mean, insect-like things. <laughs> like if anytime you look at a, you know, look at one of the microorganisms that live in humans, you know, that's kind of what I picture when I think of a midichlorian is, oh, it kind of looks like that, you know, and there's billions of them in all of our, or I guess hundreds or thousands or 20,000 or whatever, how many they said Anakin had in phantom menace um you know i don't i don't know uh i mean we i'm do gonna know... go with the minions from despicable me fair That's enough <laughs> fair enough um i mean i guess we do know that the forest obviously is eternal uh, in that galaxy and mm -hmm. that um obviously the jedi and the sith weren't the first to use it there's lots of societies and civilizations in that galaxy that have uh, used it in one way or the other, um, some for good, some for evil. And uh, I mean, I think the first recorded one is probably the, the Rakata. I think that's the oldest one mentioned in any source that I'm familiar with. Um, and that, of course, that's the, 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 the species that? from the, the Knights of the Old Republic games or the first Knights of the oh. Old Republic game. They're extinct or mostly extinct. But they're the ones that built the Star Forge and the Star Maps, and they ruled most of the galaxy yeah. at one point, had a big collapse, and then, you know, now they're, they were nearly extinct at the time of Revan. Um, but, you know, like the the Star Maps and the Star Forge were powered by the Force. Um, in fact, I think specifically even the dark side of the Force. And, you know, they said the Rakata civilization was something like 100,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. And then the Jedi, the Jedi, I think, date back to like 25,000 years before Yavin. So, okay. I mean, but yeah, then you've got like the Witches of Dothamir. 
I mean, we know a lot about them and we don't know a lot about their their overall history and how far back they go. Um, you have the Terracasi or the Terracasi. I can't exactly remember how it's pronounced. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of examples of the force. Um, you have Visa Mars race from KOTOR 2. And again, I can't, um, I can't remember what they're called. The Murlocka who maybe? Is, I don't remember. Yeah, the blind. She's the blind one, right? The blind one, yeah. Who they yeah. use the force to see, basically. And who is the? And then you have even uh, what was her name from the the? Uh, oh boy, not. What is the movie that I don't want to ever remember the name of? Um, so, <laughs> not the Force Awakens. Was she in the Force Awakens? Uh, what was her name? The Return the Sky uh, the lightsaber to Ray. Um, oh, Maz. Maz Kanata. Maz. That's it. Maz. Yeah, but we don't know her species name or right? anything about her, really, other she's, than she's apparently a thousand years old. And she wasn't a Jedi, but she knew the Force. And apparently there was a deleted scene of her actually using the Force to kill Stormtroopers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, lots and lots of Force users. And so, it, it, which again brings us back to what we can kind of also ta- have talked about off and on is the idea that uh, again, with well, obviously, if the midi chlorians are found in everybody, the level of how many are in there, or or would be ultimately discuss. I mean, reveal your force sensitivity, and there's a lot of people that seem to use the force that you would consider a prodigy or just innate ability. Um, and we were talking about uh. Um, what was his name uh, from the Mandalorian? Uh, uh, Kalil? Uh, oh, Quill, 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 yeah, Quill. yeah, yeah. Um, the the um, Ugnot, the the Ugnot mechanic that helped uh, Din Djarin, or AKA the Mandalorian, uh, find you know where Baby Yoda was being hid in uh, in the first episode, and then helped him repair his ship, and then. Uh, you know, saddled up and rode with him for that the last couple episodes in Navarro until, of course, he was killed. Right. Um. His uh, there's just so many things that he does mechanically, like even down to reprogramming the assassin droid uh, or repurposing the assassin droid. Droid. Right. Um. Right. It that just like it make me feel like. dude was force sensitive and I mean uh, with what he talked about as far as how he earned his freedom with his hands you know he anybody could do it well maybe or maybe just somebody who was that really you know that that gifted but I really felt like his character even down to um, his connection with baby Yoda was there was that that forced sensitivity about the both of them? Uh, Obviously, Yoda more so than than Quill or uh, whatever. But um, but I just feel like that. And you you have the difference of opinion though. Oh, I do. I mean, it's. I mean, 
would it be easy to say that anybody that's talented in anything in the Star Wars universe is because of the Force? I mean, it's possible. They've never out and out said. I'm sure the Force interacts with and works with pretty much everybody in one way or another. But Quill is also an Urgnaut. And their species are known to be just naturally gifted and inclined laborers, builders, and whatnot. So is it that their genetic makeup with the force, like that's just what they're predisposed to? Or is uh, it just they come from that kind of society? I don't I don't know. Look at Yoda's race. I well, mean, I mean well, are clearly. they predisposed to be just, I mean, awesome force wielders? Because we seem to see a whole lot of that race have exceptionally gifted abilities. I mean, well, I the suppose four, could... the four members of the race that we've seen have all been force users and they all seem to have some yes, innate talent to, to use the force. That would be my, I mean, baby Yoda clearly hasn't been trained as a Jedi. Um, we discussed that with the dark host whole, you know, like kind of the strangle, the joke he did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he clearly hasn't had scene. Jedi training at that point in his life, or at least <laughs> that we're aware of. But he knows instinctually he can force grab. We saw him, you know, stop the flames from the flamethrower and send them back. We saw him heal um, Carl Weathers' character. Um you know, force choke, force grip. I mean, he he clearly has some sort of instinctual command, maybe, of the force. Mm-hmm. Um, just as I'm sure other races do. But yeah, there's definitely something special about his species, which I'm sure we will learn more and more about, hopefully, as, as new things are released. And I, it sounded like The Mandalorian is definitely going to touch on that in the second season. Um, I was going to say, I think I read something about that they were definitely going to talk about, and you're going to see more Yodas, wasn't it? Yeah, you're going to see more of that species, and I'm wondering if we're finally going to get a name for that Wouldn't species. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be cool. I mean, it's definitely one of the uh, longer unanswered questions of the Star Wars world is what what species is this? Where are they from? Why are they such talented Force users? Um, you know, I guess, I don't know if Favreau has to get permission to answer those questions in the Mandalorian. Um, I don't know how that works, obviously. Um, but yeah, I would definitely like to see that question answered. So that's an, that definitely makes it like, I mean, for, I can't wait for second, the second season. It's an exciting time that way with new canon. Um, but yeah, definitely some races that def- seem seem predisposed to being better force wielders. I mean, um, Maul, Maul, Darth Maul. Yeah, Maul is uh, a Zabrak. And we see him and Savage Opress, uh, two dark side users from his species. But then we see um, Ethkoth. And oh my god, the other one's name is escaping me. But yeah, but then you see two. There are two Zabrak um, Jedi Council members during the time of the, you know, around the Clone Wars period. Um, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, and then like in Kotor two, you had a companion named Beodur that mm-hmm. you could uh, turn into a Jedi Guardian, uh, and he was a Zabrak. 
Well, and then aren't aren't there Zabrax uh, on? Because uh, that's where Maul came from was uh, Darthmer, right? Uh, I don't think originally he was from Dothamir. Um, I think Dothem- he, I think Dothemir. I he, I think he had another planet that was his home originally in the books that became Legends. I think it was with uh, the Clone Wars cartoon that they made Dothamir also the home of the Zabrak because in the um, in Jedi Fallen Order, you go to Dothamir and there's a bunch of Zabrak warriors protecting what's left of the Night Sisters that you have to you have to hack and slash your way through. Right, and that's canon. So I mean, there's just uh, there's lots of uh, lots of force sensitive, uh, force gifted races. It seems to be out there, and that doesn't mean that a person say couldn't be more gifted than any one of their species and come from. Uh, uh, and just be, a, you know, just like, uh, uh, oops, I guess you could say, um, and have an absolute off the chart, but doesn't, it also seems to be, at least in the EU, um, force sensitivity almost was something that came from, uh, genetics too. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's. Yeah, I, it's convoluted. <laughs> it's convoluted for sure, but it's also to me, it's a little odd that okay, so just by chance of birth, there's something that makes you force sensitive enough to be trained as a Jedi or a Sith or whatever. Um, you know, in the deepest dive into the Force, or at least my favorite deepest dive into the Force that I've ever seen was in Kotor two. Um, where as you're going through the game and Kray is mentoring the exile uh, to restore her connection to the Force, um, she deep dives into her understanding of the Force. And Kray, I think, has a deeper understanding of the Force than almost anybody. Although I think Qui-Gon Jinn possibly had the deepest understanding of the Force, um, since he seems to be the one that invented or discovered or perfected, or however you want to say it, the ability to, to become a Force ghost which he, he taught to Yoda, and Yoda taught to Obi-Wan, and um, other Jedi somehow magically just seem to, to learn and know um, that ability. But Well, they kind of, I mean, I think they kind of also semi-discussed that in um, um, Rise of Skywalker when, you know, we live in all of you, or we all live in you, or whatever. Uh, it may have just been through knowledge of past Jedi that kind of like just came through the Force, um, or it, I mean, hell, it's like they they might just show up and say, "Hey, what's up? This is how you do it." I mean, it's possible. Um, I mean, it, I think that certainly would be part of the point of the power too. Is like you know they they're living forever in the Force and they can enter, come and go between the worlds or the planes of existence at their at their will. Um, and I mean, they said in the, um, Revenge of the Sith novel by Matthew Stover, and apparently it was a scene that was originally going to be in the movie, but was cut that Qui-Gon's force ghost had been communing with Yoda. And I think they showed it a little bit, maybe in the Clone Wars cartoon, but his Qui-Gon's force ghost had been communing with Yoda and taught him this ability. And then pretty much right after Yoda learned it, he taught it to Obi-Wan. Um, oh wait, no, I'm wrong in the book. No, and even in the movie, he said, more training I have from you from your old master. And then Obi-Wan was like, Qui-Gon, 
ah, you see, I forgot about that. It all came rushing yeah. back to me. Um, but yeah, Yoda apparently had been communing with Qui-Gon for some time. Um, hmm. And actually considered him to be his master at that point, according to the book. Which, I don't know if the novelization of Revenge of the Sith is considered canon or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, the uh, Force is a, that's a good huge question. mystery. It is a good question, because we don't... You know, they said anything connected to the movies and clone and the cartoon Clone Wars and Rebels and any, you know, and then they would dub things to be canon later on. But uh, yeah, I don't know if they threw the novels out with the rest of the EU or not, because the Revenge of the Sith novel is uh, very, very good and gives a lot of good information, um, information that I enjoyed extensively. Um you know, talked about the all the forms of lightsaber combat. Talked about, um, you know, like Obi Wan would be reminiscing about his days when he was younger, and just learning the Force and how it was like this crystal clear pool of water that you could gaze through and drink from, and and then it became over time it started getting tainted by the dark side. Um, yeah, it was just awesome. Bummer. I mean, it might. Just checked it out, guys. It is now Legends non canon. Non canon, so. Um, just the movies. Just the movies, period. Just the movies, period. Well, I mean, that's too bad because. I mean, the book had. I mean, the detail of the, in the book is just mind blowing. Um, mm. Like, the, the fights. Like, the duel between Dooku, Obi Wan, and Anakin. And the duel between Mace Windu and Sidious, the detail of those fights that were put into those books, like I wanted to see that. I wish they would have put that much detail onto the screen because it was awesome. Um, but yeah, I guess say la vie. Read it though. I mean, if you can find a copy or you want to get a copy as an ebook or whatever, get it and read it because it is very well done, very well written. It's better than the movie by far. And yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. Yeah, and even if you, here's the other thing is, on uh, while I doubt we're going to be heard by anybody that should hear this that might be working, if you haven't read it and you're working on any Star Wars properties, they should really read it. Is what it sounds like. I oh, mean, I would the, agree. I would agree. Um, so okay, let me let me just because it's it'll touch on the subject of the Force. So. You know, the scene in, in the, the Revenge of the Sith movie, you know, Mace Windu and Kit Fisto and the other two Jedi whose names are escaping me load up on the shuttle, go to arrest Palpatine. Um, you know, and they show up and then Palpatine reveals himself to be a Sith Lord to them. And he basically becomes nothing but a shadow. That he's just like a black hole in the force and he just becomes so dark that like he, he almost loses physical form. And the only way you can see him is because of his lightsaber. Like that's the only way your physical eye would ever hope to track him because he's moving so quick and he's just nothing but pure darkness. Um, you know, and he easily Creepy. dispatches of the other three Jedi and it's just him and Mace Windu. <laughs> And, you know, the books, there had been a lot of books where Mace Windu was a character and a lot of them went into him. So Mace Windu was a very, very special Jedi. 
and that he was an ultimate master of lightsaber combat to the point where he invented his own form of lightsaber combat um, called the pod, uh, which he named after some alien species that had so many tentacles and they moved so quick it was impossible to track him and he his lightsaber form got that name because apparently his lightsaber moved so quick uh, it was impossible to to determine how many lightsabers were were coming at you but then he also had a gift in the force where and he wasn't he the only uh, jedi with the purple lightsaber at the time, possibly. I mean, although it's impossible. Revan to... had a purple one. Right? Revan did, and Anakin Solo in the books did too. Um, but I mean, it's impossible to know how many other Jedi may or may not have had that color. Um, you know how the how the colors came to be is another convoluted thing. Um, we know what the colors are supposed to rent represent as far as the Jedi orders, um, but I mean we. We know that Mace Windu had a purple lightsaber in the movies because Samuel L. Jackson was like, I want a fucking special lightsaber. I don't want this green or this blue shit. Give me something different. And they basically let him pick his color. And he picked purple. So, you nice. know. I mean, and then, of course, if they're they're making some canon from it or whatever, great. You know, because it's Samuel L. Jackson and let him do whatever Samuel L. Jackson wants to do. Um so, but his, his Mace Windu's special power or unique power is he can detect what's called shadow or sh- I'm sorry, shadow points. So, combat with a lightsaber was so effortless to him, his body through the force would basically just fight for him, and his mind could go off and do another task. And so, by shadow points, as he was able through the force to basically trace the life of whoever he was fighting back to find their weakness or their their fear whatever he could use to defeat them so him and him and Sidious are are just going ham and everything's getting shredded but them um you know it's just talking about you're seeing nothing but a jedi with his lightsaber that's just a blur and a black and a, just this black spot with a red lightsaber that's just a blur um and that the combat physically would have been basically it would have gone on forever because they were both so strong in the force and so, both so skilled with the lightsaber that there wasn't a possibility of anything but them just basically stalemating each other the whole time but mace windu because he could look for shatter points started tracing back through Sidious's mind to find what he was afraid of because that's what Sith are. Sith are basically created by and ruled by fear. So he discovered or figured out that Palpatine's Shatterpoint, um, he had two. One of them was actually Anakin. And the other one was Palpatine was afraid of heights. And so Windu, with that knowledge, kind of maneuvered the battle out onto the ledge where Palpatine had to use the Force to um, kind of keep his footing a little more solid on the on the on the the ledge of the of his office because it was raining outside and whatnot, and because of that, he kind of sacrificed some of his speed. And when his speed dropped, Windu was able to disarm him, and you know would have killed him if not for Anakin's interference. And one of the last things that he um, was communicated about Windu before he's killed 
is that he was so busy focusing on Sidious' Shatterpoint, he never thought to look for Anakin's. Um, so, I mean, what if he had looked for Anakin's and figured out that, oh, Anakin's afraid of losing Padme and he's being manipulated? I mean, think about how history in the Star Wars universe would have changed, but for that. So, yeah, good stuff. That's just one... You mentioned that this anyway. Is one, with... This is one fucking chapter of that book. I mean, the chapter of Obi-Wan battling Grievous is just as good and just as detailed the battle between anakin obi-wan and and dooku is just as good and just as detailed the battle between yoda and sidious is the same i mean it's it's amazing it's a great book anyway sorry i cut you off there no no it's all good i was just saying that uh you were talking about uh oh and then i got all interested in what you were just talking about i like completely spaced it but you had mentioned uh even before uh, the same kind of thing um, with another another topic we uh, topic we were talking about, um, what was it? Uh, uh, if Anakin, how much different had things would have things been had Padme died um, in the attack, um, or if they hadn't, if her and basically her and Anakin never got together. Um, and, I mean. I mean... I think I think the only thing that would have changed Anakin's destiny is if Palpatine had been killed. One way or the other. Which is kind of interesting. Uh, Palpatine took a really huge risk when he had Dooku order Grievous to attack the capital and kidnap him. I mean, he was he was fairly confident he would survive, but Grievous didn't know that Palpatine was Sidious. That's something very, very important because Grievous being fairly unpredictable and fairly unstable, if he had decided to try to kill Sidious or if, you know, his ship had been destroyed with Palpatine on it, I mean, who knows? But I think if Padme had died, there would have been another, you know, he would have just created another path or maybe Padme was just a path that prevented him or presented itself and Palpatine through the force is what bonded them. You know, maybe he had that level of manipulation where he kind of forced them together. I mean, it's... he saw he saw something, and he it, well, Palpatine was Sidious was nothing but manipulation anyway. He just it could be that he just saw uh, the potential of a situation and exploited it and manipulated it. I mean, probably, probably, and yeah, just was I mean, waiting and subtract Padme from the from the equation, and I'm sure there's another factor that can get thrown in. Maybe even Obi Wan. Maybe there's maybe there was a way he could have manipulated Obi Wan. It's hard to say. Um, but right. yeah, I mean, obviously, Palpatine's whole Dude was powerful. He was very powerful. His whole plan seemed to seemed to center on you know the Clone Wars and Order sixty six, and then Anakin. He put a lot of effort into Anakin, and um, you know, obviously, it panned out for him for a little while. He got his his ultimate weapon damaged to an extent of course but i mean he did get his his ultimate apprentice in, in the end right but he was still because of it, it i mean that was some of that it that too that i was looking at it because of the damage that was done to vader or anakin um and then vader um he was that made him incompatible to 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 sort of I guess receive the emperor to keep him alive, 
because had Vader been more human, that path would have been the path that, I mean, it sounded like it, it was his original plan was to basically take over Vader or Anakin when when the time was right and become this ultimate Sith. And that's because that's what he wanted to do with Luke and wanted to do with Rey. Um, well, yeah, I, but now hold on a second, though, before we stray too far from that. I've been reading conflicting things over the past few weeks about that whole topic. Um, the way it's communicated in the Rise of Skywalker movie is that the when the apprentice kills the master, the the master takes over the apprentice's body. But then I heard it presented as, no, it's not that. It's when the apprentice kills the master. Yes, the master joins with the apprentice, but doesn't take over the body. It's like, uh, kind of like Highlander, you know, like when they chop off the head and then there's the quickening and they gain their power. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? It's It yeah. seemed like it was being communicated sort of like that, where it was not a takeover, but it was like, I'm going to continue to live in you but not actually be you. So I'm not really sure. But his whole ritual that he was doing could have been the, where normally it's the, it's the latter, but his ritual may have been pushing it towards what you originally were talking about with the whole taking over the body. Um, it could be his ritual might've been the whole purpose of that. And that otherwise, if the apprentice kills the master, then they just get the master's knowledge and everything like that and don't lose control. Yeah. I don't know. It was again, I mean, rise of Skywalker was fairly convoluted in a lot of parts where it shouldn't have been convoluted. Um, so it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to say one way or the other. I mean, it's possible he was doing a modified version of that where it was more of just a spirit transference. Um, mm-hmm. and it was a, a ritual he had to perform. Although it didn't seem so much like a ritual. Like there wasn't like any chanting or, or any visual sign that there was any sort of power being used. It was just him basically taunting Ray and telling her to kill him. So, but he was yeah. surrounded by all those guys that brought him back to life. Yeah. By the, the Sith eternal were, you know, there was hundreds, if not thousands, definitely thousands sitting up in like the stands of like the arena and another thing that I read said that they were actually the ones to bring him back, that they had some sort of combination of ritual through the force and technology is what actually brought Palpatine back. Like it wasn't it wasn't his action that brought him back. There, there was something I was looking at a comic book uh, where Palpatine is inhabiting a robot like he's in, he's in a droid. Well, wasn't that also in Battlefront 2 where he was in a droid? Yeah, that's it. Battlefront, it was. Yes, yes, yes. But, I mean, I always, in the the little bit of the campaign I played for Battlefront 2, it always seemed to me like Mm -hmm. it was a pre-programmed hologram sort of thing, not an actual Force Ghost. But um, maybe it could have been a Force Ghost. I've been meaning to go and actually finish the campaign. um, I'm curious. I've just been playing the Witcher I'll have to look into that. (laughs) (laughs) No, dude, that sounds, that's... I can understand. That's Any, a, that's anybody an awesome who's game. played The Witcher Three needs no like. I don't need to justify that. If you've played The Witcher Three, you know. And if you haven't <laughs> played The Witcher Three, well, fuck you. Go play The Witcher Three, and then you'll know. And then you'll uh. know exactly. <laughs> so um, that's what I want. Back, by the way, I want a Star yeah. Wars game that's set up like The Witcher Three. 
Oh, just whoever oh, whoever's oh. out there listening, do that. They, yeah, please. Um, so speaking of uh, that whole uh, Witcher three and video games and Kotor two, uh, one of the things that I think was my favorite about the Kotor two was the ambiguity of the force i mean it it it, it, they really describe it as neither good nor bad as much as it is the intent and motivations of the the wielder um and because it's like the the whole gray and the middle and the neutral um and they really did touch on that as far as you could be like you could toe the line right between the two well and i think kreia was definitely an example of a gray Jedi to a point. Um, she definitely showed more dark side leanings towards the end of things. Um, but she, I mean, her ultimate goal was she wanted the force to die. She wanted to kill the force so that there was no Sith. There was no Jedi. There was no nothing. Um, there wasn't force, which brings us back to that whole idea of, is it cognizant? Uh, well, mm-hmm. I mean, we're thinking of killing the force. Like, if we want to take that literally, like it's got a heart that can be stabbed and, you know, if the heart is stabbed and it's wounded bad enough and it can't be repaired, then it's going to die. But what I, mm-hmm. like the, you know, the damage that was done to the exile because of her actions in Malachor 5 was the force echo that was created by the unleashing of the mass shadow generator basically deafened her to the force and she had to learn how to hear it again. And I think Kreia wanted to create an echo that was so loud it would drown out the Force forever. Um, I think that was how it was explained, not not in those okay. words exactly, but that's kind of what my takeaway. I like was. how you, I like how you describe that because it was. I always felt it was. I, I mean, I guess I I, I got it, but it's like that that just. I like how that you describe that. It's like it, it it's. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and that's why she had such an interest in the exile to begin with, because the exile was kind of like how did how you do it? Proof of concept, maybe that that's what mm-hmm. could be done. I mean, and then of course he had Nihilus, who was basically another black hole of the Force, who could just basically absorb the Force and the life essence of anything that had it, and would you know anybody that was around him for too long just started dying because he was just absorbing everything as the Lord of hunger. Um, oh, and then what was the other guy, the fractured guy? Sion. Darth Sion. Sion. Yeah. The Lord of pain, um, who basically was just in a constant state of agony. And it was that feeding off of that agony is what kept him alive. Um, and then, then like you defeated him by making him realize that he was already dead and he just had to accept it. I, that was that was really freaking cool. Um, <laughs> right. But since we're talking KOTOR 2, uh, I want to mm-hmm. jump into a conversation that uh, Kreia had with the Exile uh, in that game, which kind of, um, to me, maybe has answers to our question of what is the Force, what is Force potential, um, mm-hmm. and I think if we pick it apart, we can analyze it a little bit. So basically, you land on Narshadah, you know, you go through your introduction stuff and then you wander out into like the main kind of hub concourse of the area. You know, there's paths that branch off from this one particular place. And you get approached by an NPC who uh, is begging money off of you. And of course, you have the choice because the game is all about choice. Don't either give them credits or tell them no. 
you give them credits, you get light side points. You don't give them credits, you get dark side points. So whatever, no matter what action you take, as soon as you take the action, Kreia um, is able to communicate with you through the forest, you know, and you jump to you jump to Kray and she's like, why did you do that? You know, why did you make the choice you made? And then you can pick your explanation. If like, if you're a Jedi, you're like, if I can help, I will. If I can do this, I will do, I will, whatever. Whatever your choice is, you have an explanation that you give her. And then based on what your choice is, you then follow the person. Like if you give them the money, you, you follow them with the money. And then you see them getting robbed. And then if you don't give them the money, it makes them angry. And then you see them like kill somebody basically and take what they have because you didn't give them anything. And she started talking about how, you know, everybody's actions in the forest create, you know, everybody, you do something and it's going to create a ripple. It's going to create an echo that branches out and affect multiple things. And you needed to be very conscious of your choices. Um, so, but then that seemed to be like the, okay, here's the obvious, the obvious point that she's trying to make. But then she mentions struggles and how if you just help people out of the goodness of your heart and they don't earn it for themselves, you know, you're denying them the opportunity to struggle and grow stronger. And so that kind of makes me think that possibly maybe everybody is born quote unquote equal with the force, but then what they go through in their formative years kind of determines what their connection to the force is going to end up being. It's something that can be strengthened and trained like a muscle, whether you know it or not. Um, like you look at Anakin as a perfect example, super strong with the force, but what was he? He was a slave who was kind of, who was forced to work and then became a talented mechanic and then a pod racer and could build droids and, and it was maybe every single one of these actions where he was struggling and working and building for himself and for his mother just made him stronger and stronger and stronger in the force. Hard to say. They never explain it. But to me, that seems like a as plausible an explanation as to how some people get to be, quote unquote, stronger with the force than others. It's just like anything else. If you want to get good with something, you practice. You know, if you want to be a skateboarder, you better grab a skateboard and start fucking skateboarding. If you want to play guitar, get a guitar. Uh, if you want to be a good shot with a gun, you know, get a gun and ammo and go to a range and start practicing. If you want to be Ron Jeremy, <coughs> make porn. <coughs> well, I mean, get a dick implant and then go make porn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's not lie. Let's not lie. Genetics had something to do with him. Okay, you can't. I mean, you, you just can't. Uh, you just can't. You just can't. Right when you dangle and you, you dangle between your knees, and it's not like you're not like eighty years old and yeah, no, it's like there's no. there's magic going on. <laughs> there's something going on. That's for sure. Um. Oh. <laughs> so yeah i mean back to the to the the force you know i mean i think kreia is definitely the most interesting force user we've ever seen i i really hope that there is more ex, uh, explanation and exploration into her if these games get remade um because yeah god how she arrived at a lot of her thoughts and 
and feelings and actions as they relate to the Force is really fascinating stuff. Um, well, I like because wasn't there also a scene when you ultimately save uh, a Jedi um, uh, in in Kotor two? They they're fallen, and you go through. I don't remember which planet it is, but you go through and you basically help them find redemption. Is that is that Kotor? That's Kotor two, right? Well, okay, hang on a second. Um, you have. I'm trying to think of all the of all the the people that you chase after. Uh, it's none of the Jedi Masters, because um, you go after. I almost want to say it's on Coruscant. Well, you don't go to Coruscant in Kotor two. You don't yeah, go to Coruscant okay. in any of the games. Um, oh. I mean, Visa oh, okay. Visa Mar is the closest thing to a redemption that you can find because she is basically a servant of uh of darth nihilus and you meet her she comes to the ebonhawk to kill you and you have a, a duel with her on the on the ebonhawk and you end up destroying her lightsaber and that's actually how you get a part to build your own lightsaber um but then yeah as you talk to her you know she abandons nihilus and ends up joining you and with the right conversation path and the right actions on your part you can turn her into a, a jedi sentinel or uh or whatever the sith equivalent its name is escaping me at the moment uh, as many things are um but yeah you could you could redeem her to an extent to to the light side um is that the wait is that the dat uh datooine one the Datooine uh, one. No, not uh, there. We're not. No, we're not. I'm not that. Oh, sorry. There's oh, no, a... no, 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 no. I think you might be thinking of Juhani in in the first Knights of the Old Republic game, where am I thinking of Juhani? You get okay. you get um like you get sent out into the plains of of Datooine kind of after you go through your little training montage and build your lightsaber, and they tell you of a of a Jedi that's out in like the sacred grove and there's been attacks and killings and whatnot. And the grove is tainted and you go to the grove and you find, uh, Juhani who is a Padawan who thinks that she killed her master when in fact she didn't. And that action made her kind of fall to the dark side. And then, um, you fight her and you have the choice to kill her or ask her to join you. No, wait, I don't think you can kill her then. Maybe you can. It's been a while since I've played KOTOR 1. I play KOTOR 2 just because of how much more in-depth a lot of the, the gameplay is. Um, but yeah, so basically uh, you you can redeem Juhani on Datooine. I think that might be who you're thinking of. Um, hey, I don't remember. I really don't remember. I, I'm going to have to look into it because I really remember Kriya being part, uh, a part of it. Kraya being a part um, of it. Um, Kraya being a part of it. Uh, just be, but I don't. Uh, I don't remember. It was. Oh, like, I wonder if you're thinking about Atris. On that um, could be. Oh, I think that it's sounds on, that sounds familiar. I think it's on Terrace. She was the. Um, she was like the Jedi librarian and on the Jedi Council for a long time, and then she after shit started going bad she went and hid herself on an old jedi canopy i think it's on terrace but she also racked up like a huge collection of uh sith holocrons and she had somewhat fallen to the dark side 
and you can redeem her, um, or you can kill her. I mean, she doesn't join your party, and her ultimate fate, if you don't kill her, isn't really shown. It's almost kind of implied that she kills herself. Like, because the last thing you see of her is she goes wandering into the, um, into her little hidden chamber that's full of Sith holocrons, and they're talking to her. And then, yeah, you do see a cutscene of Kray interacting with her before you kind of have your, your ultimate showdown with her. So, yeah, I'm wondering if that's who you're thinking of. On, uh, right, I'm... I feel like it was either that or it was a quest she sends you on there. Um, but I just, I just, it, it, that sounds really familiar as far as it goes. I just, just remember it was like, and I'll, I'll, I'll double check and really look into it a little bit. But yeah, it was like, it was one of the, I felt like it was a, just uh it was it was a subplot it wasn't really it wasn't main storyline i just i think there were like mercenaries and um around the whole it was like yeah there were mercenaries near where you would go and but it could have been Atris. I don't remember. I will i well, really so Atris, i just i needed kind of Atris had the handmaidens. She had the she had the uh, the Achani trained warriors, uh, all female, who were kind of like her her helpers, their her handmaidens, and then you could actually recruit one of them, um, would join your party and go with you on the journey, and then you could turn her into a Jedi guardian or a Sith marauder or whatever they were called, depending on your alignment and your conversation with them and whatever. Um, but yeah, I think you're thinking of Atris. I really do. Okay, probably it could be that I'm also the other is I could be uh, not even thinking of Kotor two. I could be thinking of the MMO. Oh, uh, you could be for sure because yeah, you do go to Coruscant in the MMO. Um, I mean, and the and MMO I, it could is be, so that's what I'm remembering. Fucking massive. I mean, yeah. I mean, how? Yeah, and I haven't touched the MMO in a long time. Um, I stopped playing not too long after they went free to play. Um, just because of all the loot they were putting in the goddamn store for you to buy with real money was so tempting. I mean, they put all the great shit, all the cool cosmetics were in there. And I was like, I'm going to go broke if I keep playing this fucking game. <laughs> right. Ah, oh, they had some really cool stuff. Ah, oh, that was, it was really fun though. I love that game. Um, so much. I, I think one of my favorite parts of it actually was the first time uh, you helped me get the speeder bike. Um, and just like racing around on that and feeling like, yeah, this is fucking Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely some awesome stuff in that game for sure. Um, I mean, the cinematics alone in that game make it worth at least hopping on YouTube and checking them out. And we talked about that definitely. Oh yeah, if you haven't yeah. yet. Do it, pause it, and do it, and then be come back and be like, "Wow, you guys were right." I think there is a supercut of all the cinematics in from the whole mm -hmm. like the whole game. It's something like an eight hour supercut that you can sit and watch on YouTube. Oh wow! Yeah, that's some serious Star Ooh, Wars wow. in right there. If you yeah, and if if uh, drop us a line if you have watched it and uh, 
We'll take your word for it if it's worth it because we want to know how worth it it is. And we'll, we'll take your word for it. So let us know. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm certain I've seen, you know, I'm not going to go so far as to say half, but I've seen a lot of those cinematics. And I'll tell you right now, it's probably worth it. I mean, mm-hmm. don't necessarily do it all in one sitting, but yeah, I mean, it's probably worth it to sit and watch a lot of it because, man, there's just some good stuff. There's just some really good stuff. There really is. And, I mean, even if you just hit the highlights, I mean, and the highlights will go on for a ridiculous amount of time, I'm sure. But, yeah, that's, it's great stuff. Um, so... I guess I think that's another thing that it's like I, the Mandalorian, though, that I, I well, beyond just the fact that what's the deal with the fact that nobody knows what the fuck the force is on the Mandalorian? Yeah, I don't know. It's really kind of curious, um, especially when you look at the age of a lot of the principal characters in the Mandalorian, like Quill, for example. We talked about him already. Let's bounce back. You know, he said that he worked for three of Cara Dune's lifetimes in order to free himself, which that statement alone is a little odd because it's not like the Empire existed for like 20 years. So was he a slave during the Clone Wars and prior and then managed? And who was he enslaved to? And who was he enslaved to? Yeah, I mean, he's an Urgnaut. He could have been enslaved to the Huts. I mean, he could have been enslaved to anybody. But, I mean, yeah, through the skill of his hands, he worked his way to freedom. But how is... I mean, it clearly indicates that there's some age on him. So how does somebody who's that old, who was clearly alive during the time of the Clone Wars at the very least, during the time of probably prior to the Clone Wars, how does he not know what a Jedi is, what the Force is? I mean, because, yeah, it's not like the Jedi were common, like I said before, something like 10,000 Jedi was the number that was mentioned at one point that were active in the time around and before the Clone Wars. Um, so, yeah, they wouldn't have been common, but they wouldn't have been unknown. And considering they'd been active in the galaxy for 25,000 years, how right, well, Car- does he Car- Dune. Yeah, and then Cara Dune. She's a Republic dropship trooper formerly a rebel dropship trooper how the fuck does she not know luke skywalker or at least who luke he was skywalker the hero is? i mean seriously the hero of the fucking uh, it, this because it happens uh mandalorian happens after after uh return of the jedi yeah yeah three so years three years a new hope return. happened and freaking Leia stood up and gave fucking Luke a medal. I mean, oh yeah, he's just a pilot. You know, it's like, how do you not follow this, the hero of the fucking rebellion? Yeah, well, no, I mean, and how do you not, you would you would think the story of what Luke Skywalker did at Endor would have spread from one end of the galaxy to the other. I mean, look at the, you look at Last Jedi, where we get the title of our podcast, The Broom Boys. Those Broom Boys in that barn were talking about what Luke did, force projection-wise, to to save the Resistance at the end of The Last Jedi. So if those fucking Broom Boys knew about something that nobody really should know about, because, I mean, you think they got into space after escaping and they hopped on a cell phone and they said, hey, fucking, they called the... 
the the Republic Times or whatever and said Luke Skywalker fucking force projected himself and saved our asses. Well, then Order 66. I mean, Order 66 and fucking Yoda and Mace and all these things. And even if you're growing up and you were a kid at the time of Order 66, um, how do you not know who the fuck Yoda is? And that, I mean, it's like, oh, hey, I'd never seen a picture of Yoda. Well, yeah. And you think, I mean, there have to be some sort of galactic news. Famous jedi i mean yeah. he was like he was kicked out exiled basically and it's like that's like a wanted poster slapped up on a goddamn uh, on every newspaper or ta- fucking uh signpost or telephone pole well i think it's like I, th- I think they believed he was dead i really think they believed yoda was dead because they found his cloak and his lightsaber and i think they assumed he died mm-hmm. but but yeah so no so say even during the clone wars where there are Jedi leading thousands of clone troops into battle on hundreds of planets across the galaxy, you think there there has to be a news service of some kind that maybe it's not centralized, but maybe there's like a, okay, on Coruscant, there's a, a hub where news comes to and then it gets disseminated across the galaxy, you know, to where every planet has their own news source that they go to. How... Y- you think that knowledge that hey this this army on this planet led by these Jedi did this, you know I mean Jedi wouldn't you'd know about the force you should know at the very least you should know that there that there is an organization called Jedi and they use a power called the Force. You might not well, necessarily now, and- know every living detail about that, but I mean it should be I would say common knowledge. And well, wouldn't, okay, and now, wouldn't be forgotten in the twenty something years between Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi. No, I was actually thinking about that just as you said it. Though we got five—is it five years uh, after from the Mandalorian? Is it about five years after the Battle of Endor? I want to say it's three years after Endor. Okay. Um, all I can say about that is at that point in time, it's believed that, I mean, is it believed that? No, because they wouldn't believe, believed. Return of the Jedi. Uh, it, they got to know the Jedi exist because it's like Luke just came back. He's re- rebuilding the order. So it's not even like, oh, the, this is a period of time where they think the Jedi have been annihilated and destroyed after Order 66. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's um, no reason... For us to believe that the story of what Luke on Endor or did on Endor didn't spread, like the redemption of Vader, why wouldn't it? That that story would spread. I it would have to. If nothing else, it would spread Lore. through the. It would at least spread through the remains of the Empire, and through there disseminate itself down. But yeah, it just seems like that galaxy. It- that that whatever for whatever reason these people in the in in the Mandalorian the circle around the Mandalorian a lot of them seem woefully ignorant of the fact that there's Jedi and woefully ignorant of the Force. Um, well, like the Republic wouldn't use it for propaganda purposes, and I'm not saying like isn't that in like necessarily a bad way, but it's like well, they wouldn't des- disseminate the the whole. This is the hero. Look what happened. Look what we did. The Jedi have returned, you know, thanks to their strength. Any of those kind of things? Because it's, again, I mean, that was, it's like a big point 
I felt of the the whole thing um, was the Return of the Jedi. Um, okay, oh hold and, on, hold on. The motherfucking rebellion literally would end all of their meetings and all their battle plans by saying, "May the Force be with you." Yes. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ! What the fuck is the Force? <laughs> so I mean. All I can think is maybe they're looking at it being like, what the fuck is he? He's not a Jedi. He's not a Sith. The fuck is he using the Force for? Yeah. But at that point in time, they should say that, right? Yeah. What the fuck is the Force? Why do you want it to be with us? Like, yeah, it just... I mean, so... It doesn't look, yeah. at, look at our... Look at us. Look at our planet. Look at the things that we are aware of and the things that we've never forgotten. So, you go back... 5,000 years in our planet's history. Like, we know with some level of detail, and of course, you know, history wasn't really written down in an accurate way back then, but like, we know that, say, hey, 300 Spartans under the command of Leonidas fought at the Battle of Thermopylae. Like, we know about that. We And we know about the Spartan culture, and we know about the Spartan lifestyle, and it was recorded in, you know, by Herodotus, who is, is called the father of history, also called the father of lies. So take that for what you will. But we're one planet where, I mean, that battle of Thermopylae, and, you know, of course, it's been featured in movies and comic books and all sorts of other stuff. But that story was known and survived for thousands of years before it was ever put on film or put on a page of a comic book. So you want to tell me that a planet with a couple billion people on it can retain... Just that one fragment of history over that period of time, but a galaxy loses and forgets all knowledge of Jedi and the Force in a th- in, in less than thirty years. years. I mean, no way. <laughs> I mean, and look at Carl Weathers' character. He's obviously 60, 70 years old, somewhere in there at the time of the Mandalorian. He's... That guy was a full grown adult during the Clone Wars. Full blown mm-hmm. adult, and you know he knows what the fuck a Jedi yeah. is. Use the magic hand, baby. Use the magic hand, really, bro. Because right? one can assume that he was in control of the Bounty Hunters Guild or was working with the Bounty Hunters Guild during the the rebellion. You want to tell me a fucking contract for Luke Skywalker never came across his fucking desk? Well, okay, right, and at that point in time, even it gets you into the whole uh, bounty hunters and all that, Boba Fett, Jango Fett, all those things, and if you are working with the guild, you know all about that, and you, how would you not know that, oh, that dude works with Darth Vader? Yeah, right, no, exactly, and then, so... Well, who's Darth Vader? Oh, he's just this dude, how do you... He's a robot in a black suit, it's fine. He breathes weird, he's got asthma or something. He's not really that dangerous. He he wiggles his fingers and shit's supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then, okay, so now in the last episode of The Mandalorian, the armorer did kind of sort of vaguely talk about why oh, there were stories of, of warrior people who had powers like you described this, this baby creature, this foundling having. But okay. So The Mandalorian's literally have had multiple wars with the Jedi specifically. (laughs) And you're telling me that's not a part of their culture and lore? Like that they don't have a distinct like understanding and knowledge of what the Jedi and the force is. I mean, 
It's the only weak point of the Mandalorian show is that this they just seem woefully ignorant of something they shouldn't be woefully ignorant of. Right, they only blame the Empire for coming in and taking all of their uh, what was that their special the best matter. the Beskar um, steel, yeah, Vesk, yeah, um, Beskar steel, um, yeah, and it's like so that's what they're mainly. It's like it seems to their uh, gripe with the Empire is, but yeah, it doesn't seem like they have any history with the Jedi, which again is really odd at this point in time because. Um, if you assume that there was a Mandalorian uh, Jedi war or anything like that, um, which that was EU Legends, uh, obviously, um, maybe I I can't say we haven't been there because it's like it, they kind of discuss it because isn't that the whole point of the dark saber? Was a Mandalorian Jedi? Yes, the dark saber was created by a Mandalorian Jedi. And then after that Mandalorian Jedi died, it was stored at the Jedi Temple and then it was stolen. And then it, you know, it passed to like Darth Maul and Pre Vizsla. And now apparently Gideon has it. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the Clone Wars cartoon, we see Obi-Wan interacting with the Mandalorians. We see the Death Watch is led by Darth fucking Maul. So, right. And the Death Watch is who saved Jin Darren, aka the Mandalorian. AKA Mando. While it was under what was the uh Vizsla. While it was under Vizsla is when it supposedly they saved uh the Mandalorian and then just after that, just after that, not because he wasn't in power over the Death Watch long before Maul kills him. And takes the Darksaber, yeah. Ta- so he was taken as a foundling and trained as a Mandalorian. You think that they would know, hey, this is the commander of the Death Watch. He has this magical weapon, and he has these crazy abilities. And, yeah, I mean, it just seems really, really odd that somehow all knowledge of Jedi, Force, Sith, whatever, just is erased from the universe in just a short amount of time. I mean, you can't... I mean, maybe, yes. So, I actually have a hard time believing that Palpatine would even, like, destroy the history of the Jedi. I think he probably hid it or, you know, squandered it because there had to have been stuff that he could have pulled from those Jedi archives that would have helped him. So, well, even in the comic books, isn't it talking about, I mean, because that's some of the stuff they're discussing is even uh, Luke going after the the books that he has on uh, with when Ray finds him on that planet, water planet. Uh Whatever that oh, it's called. called it's called Octo um, or Octo, 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 Octo. Um, when they when she finds him there, he has all the all that Jedi teachings and the books, um, and some of that is yeah. That was they they I he goes to look for that, um, and all those teachings. So there's stuff that the Emperor hid, and then there's stuff that's still hidden that he goes looking for to rebuild the Jedi knowledge and, and, and order. Um, and if that's the case, there's gotta be history of it just spread throughout the entire galaxy. Again, the, they should be folk, just like folklore at this point in time, even if they're not per se, well known, they should be, there should be like stories of these guys. Cause 
uh, it's not like they can't do miraculous things. And I mean, you find somebody here on Earth that can move an object with their mind and see how long that and it gets recorded like i mean it gets for sure 100 percent video everything it is proved that it can happen boom there it is watch how long that story is going to continue yeah for a long time and like that's using our our internet and our technology and our forms of communication and recording there i mean so, you you know that they have more sophisticated stuff than that uh, available to them. I mean, they have, they can literally like do hologram recordings, you know, and which show the Jedi in action. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just stunning to me that they're, they're I'm showing this to galaxy see some in the state of... that it's, a, you know, what's a Jedi? What's the force? I don't know what this baby thing is doing. Like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping for some kind of explanation. That's that. That's well, sure. there needs to be, I, I want, there one. needs to be some kind of something. Um, because yeah, it just, it doesn't jive with the things that we know. It just doesn't. Um, yeah, it just doesn't quite add up. And especially like, yeah, with Cara Dune being a former rebel, like her not having any sort of like, oh, I heard about a guy that can do stuff like that. His name is Luke Skywalker. He says he's a Jedi Knight, you know, like. She should know something, damn it, because that's like she was in the fucking rebellion when it was ta- when he was fucking. I mean, theoretically, the he probably ca- he, they probably crossed paths at one point. Right? You would think. I mean, it seems like all the report, all the important rebels were hanging out at the same base at one time or another, or you know, like. When they were all, I'm gonna be really pissed if she runs into Obi Wan. Yeah, or you know, like when they were all ga- <laughs> when show. they were all gathering at Endor, it seemed like they had the entire you know strength of the rebellion there. So you would assume that she was at Endor. In fact, I think she talked about Endor um, a little bit in the Mandalorian. I think she might have said after Endor, my unit started doing this, that, and the other. So that kind of suggests that she was at Endor. Um, we know she hails from Alderaan and we know that Bail Organa was very well aware that Yoda and Obi-Wan at the very least had survived the purge and had plans set to bring the Jedi order back. And that his part was, was his it? part of that was keeping Leia safe. And Alderaan was destroyed. Right? Yes. Alderaan was destroyed. And wouldn't you know who destroyed it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Empire. And wouldn't you know who he was? And I mean, it's like, oh yeah, that's the big old. That's the that's the Emperor. He was a big old bad Sith. I'm not. I don't know if the if the knowledge that the Emperor was a Sith ever really disseminated through the galaxy. I mean, I think that's one reason why he had Vader as his enforcer. Um, Having, I I felt like. I felt it, it it kind of if it wasn't it, you were sure that he had power beyond power. He was more like a ruler, a monarch. He was he was not like an elected. He he was there because nobody wanted to fuck with him. Yeah. I mean and you know that the that knowledge of the Jedi and the Force definitely existed in the Empire because they had that conversation on the Death Star with Darth Vader. With Darth Vader, you know, talk Tarkin was like, 
you know, the Jedi are extinct. You're that all that's left of their religion, you know, like, so there's definitely knowledge of the force, you know, like that one, that one Imperial said, Oh, you're not going to frighten me with your sorcerer's ways, Lord Vader, whatever, you know? So I don't know. That's, Tarkin obviously knew Jedi personally and probably interacted with Jedi personally because he was, you know, he served and fought during the Clone Wars and commanded during the Clone Wars. Um, but then you have that younger Imperial officer who, you know, like he said, sorcerers, like he's using some sort of magic or whatever. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, Vader. Yeah, he was... Uh, in... in um, which, uh, which is it... I don't want to say it strikes back. I want to say it's New Hope. One of the first times uh, you're you get to see him interacting with uh, the Imperial troops. Um, he has that commander that comes up and basically failed him, and he force chokes him and kills him, and then the re- his replacement. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was um, he. He force choked. Is that force choked? Um, that... He force chokes a couple guys in that. Um, he force chokes, I can't remember the name of the Admiral, but he kills him. Like he's talking to him on a view screen and then he kills him and then he promotes Piet to Admiral. Um, and then that captain, Captain Nita, who, uh, the Millennium Falcon is in the asteroid field and Nita's Star Destroyer is pursuing him and then he loses him. And then he goes over to the, to the executor to apologize to Vader in person. And you see Vader force choking him as well. So, okay, it's not like the crew didn't see all this shit go down. And you think they're not going to talk? I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's all There's so it's many things really that odd. it's just like, I want a fucking explanation. <laughs> yeah, it's all really odd. I just, like I said, my, my biggest thing is I just, I have a very hard time believing that that all tribal knowledge, like even to any extent has just completely left the galaxy. But then, I mean, okay, so look at the force awakens, you know, Ray and Finn escape the planet. They, they get captured by the barge, which turns out to be commanded by Han Solo and Chewie. They go through the little scrap with the monsters and the, and the bounty hunters that are after Han. They're on the Millennium Falcon flying away, and they're like, he tells BB-8 to, to show him the map to Luke, to Luke Skywalker. And then, you know, he goes, Luke was trained in the New Order of Jedi, and it all, one of his prized students, blah, 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 it all went south. And Ray's like, the Jedi were real? And then, you know, Han has that nice little speech where he's like, yeah, it was all real, all of it. So, I mean, <laughs> even in Ray's time... People seem the woefully well. No, she was woefully ignorant of the Force existing, and we're talking about a galaxy where, you know, Luke had been trying to and actively rebuilding the Jedi Order. It's just weird. But she is a a, a scab on on a, a no name. Well, not a no, but you know, well, like a no nothing planet. Um, she's a scavenger, so she's she's literally not doing anything but ultimately trying to just fend for her life right but but the um, broom boys and she's aware of the jedi but the broom boys playing with the little stick figure of luke skywalker immediately after the last jedi happens uh-huh 
It's like I can't. I'm. I can't believe she. Even while she was woefully ignorant, she still knew that they were legends. Yes, she, they were real. She, they. Yeah, oh my god! Heard, That's like finding she out. Heard stories. Moses or, yeah. Yeah, she had heard it's stories. Like, she had heard rumors about the Force and the Jedi and Luke Skywalker in particular and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just, it's all very interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I like how I think I like the baby Yoda character the most out of it all right now, just because of the ambiguity that he has with the force. It's not good. It's not bad. It's granted. He is 50 years old, so I can't tell you it's not good or bad. I just, um, because it all depends how, how they develop uh, Maturity-wise, as far as in fifty years versus five hundred. Well, I mean, um, clearly but... he uh, he hasn't developed that much. Where at fifty, he's basically a a toddler. I mean, at best, he's a toddler. He doesn't have command of language yet. Um, physically, physically, yeah. I mean, but but mentally, where's he at? We we haven't really gotten a huge amount of I mean, we've gotten some details like you definitely get an, a feeling that he might be an infant, but at the same time he identifies threats and a whole lot of other stuff and there's a question I every every now and then have is it just more of a carefree inquisitive uh like think about how yoda was going through luke's uh bag tossing out the food this and that oh well yeah but he was just fucking with he was just fucking with luke he was testing him he wanted to see if luke had patience he wanted to see if luke had compassion he wasn't he wasn't he was putting on an act i mean that's obviously not yoda like he was definitely putting on a character to see, you know, how Luke was going to react. He was testing him. He was judging him. Not saying that, and I'm not saying that he wasn't agree with that completely. I'm just saying how much of the baby is manipulating with the idea he looks a certain age, so he allows people to perceive him while understanding more than is understands more than what people think he does. I just I don't know my the jury's out for me on whether he's while he acts as young as he does I don't I'm I'm curious to find out just mentally how how young he is well okay so let's look at what we know about him so he clearly has some survival instincts we saw that episode where where the Mandalorian went on that rescue mission with the other bounty hunters and uh, they ended up betraying him. And then there was the robot bounty hunter was on the ship with the baby Yoda and Yoda perceived him to be a threat. I'm sorry, baby Yoda perceived him to be a threat and like hid from him and then was acting like he was going to use the force to kill it. Um, And then, you know, Mando showed up and blasted the robot. Um, But then, you know, you also see, times where you know they're just cruising in the ship and then you know baby yoda's chilling in the in the co-pilot seat and reaches over and starts touching buttons like a kid would Ooh, that's shiny and blah 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 and taking the shifter knob off and then he's you know after a point after a certain time uh, mando is you know just taking that shifter knob or that knob or whatever off and just tossing it to the kid to play with it i i mean Mm -hmm. 
we know the kid obviously has some instinctual, if not a great deal of instinctual ability with the force. And so do does the force guide a lot of those kind of instinctual actions of, oh, danger, 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 I need to do something. Probably, maybe, I don't know. I mean, my theory is yes, that it, that the times we see him acting somewhat sophisticated is the force acting through him. And then, you know, the rest of it is he's a kid, you know, stay here, kid, stay here. And then, you know, the next thing you know, he's wandering behind Mando when Mando told him to stay put like a kid would. I ain't sitting here. Are you kidding me? I'm going to go with you. <laughs> right now. Here's here would be an interesting kind of way to think about it. Um, he's 50 years old. If he's 50 years old, um, and say the average lifespan of uh, the, his race is a thousand years, fifty years would be about point uh, basically point or uh, well, it'd be about five percent of his life. So at that, I mean, you could look at it at basically be five years old. And does he act kind of like a five year old? Uh, yeah, yeah. kind of. Except most five year olds can talk can talk uh but you know at that point in time you might just say you know i would be i would be looking at it saying attitude behavior wise you could definitely make him five uh but at the point in time the 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 creature lives to be a thousand years old i would definitely slow down physical development i mean groot groot is an awesome example i think of uh, missed potential for character, a uh, character's physical de- development. That's a sapling, and uh, that's a, a baby all the way up to sapling and S S Groot, uh, and that's actually the race grows. Um, they actually start out with the ability to to talk. Um, because the their vocal cords, which are are young saplings, can bend and move and everything like that. But as they age, uh, they it's like bark and it's like a tree. It grows harder and firm. And so as they age, they slowly lose the ability to talk. And to the point where, when they're fully grown and matured, their vocal cords have hardened and no longer bend and vibrate and so they can only say Groot I am Groot that's the only thing that they can say due to their physical changes their bodies have um and it's like with that with that being pointed out it's like over a thousand years where are the physical you know how do they physically develop and at what point in time can can he speak does he have the ability to to communicate in that way um or is that something that develops say uh, you know around age 75 to 100 that they start using getting the ability to use uh their vocal cords develop basically uh, we don't know um, we don't know i mean i'm i'm hoping season two answers that- those questions in detail um because yeah, yeah, I feel like it's it's, it's, a, it's like kind of that thing. Yeah, maybe it's hard to say. I mean, although if you look uh, and like, I had some. I read an article where somebody's like, "I have problems with Baby Yoda," and here they are. And like one of them was like, "His species would have gone extinct if at the age of fifty they were only developed to like toddler stage." 
because, you know, I mean, the, the longer it takes a species to develop from infancy to being functional and makes them more vulnerable and blah, 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 etc. And it's like, all right, dude, you're putting way too much thought into this, first of all. And second of all, like you're trying to apply, you're trying to apply the rules of evolution as we know them on Earth to a made up galaxy far, far away. Um <laughs> Right. Uh, it, what if what if his species comes from a miniature planet where the most aggressive thing is a frog? Well, what if and what if they are they are the exactly. most aggressive thing as the what if frogs? they are the apex predator of their planet? Especially given that they all seem to have or potentially all seem to have a command of the force. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it's like Baby I, Yoda scarf down that fucking frog. He just he just downed it in one shot, just and ate it. And was like, what's up, dude? <laughs> I love that scene. Spit it out, spit it out. And he's like, what? Uh, then when he does spit it out for the oh, kids. Oh, no, that was, a, that was a different scene. Yeah, apparently he didn't like how that frog tasted. Yeah, but that was a different one. No, yeah, no, a different scene. But I, I liked I liked the progression to see, like, it, it's like the first time he's like, spit it out. The fuck are you talking about? And then it's like, the kids are like, ah! And he's like, okay. Maybe. See, that's what I felt like. He was like, oh, okay. I won't eat this in front of yeah. you. So, I mean... But, yeah, it's like... I mean, we've we've kind of branched away from just talking about the, from force, the force in sorry. general. Um, but, I mean, I think we've also managed to... Uh, we've dug into how the force apparently just interacts differently with different things. Um, so, yeah, hopefully... Hopefully we get some some baby Yoda explanations in the very near future. We're uh, we're about six to seven months away from season two of The Mandalorian, so maybe these questions will be answered by the end of the year. Um, Hopefully we also get some really nice answers on not just baby Yoda, but also uh, a little bit more on the Force and exactly what their plans to do with the whole... I mean, Jedi Order, because it's like right now with what the Mandalorian feels like, I I, I wonder where it's going to go, um, especially if they're utilizing some of the characters as it seems like uh, Baby Yoda for uh, set up for future movies with Rey and Finn or whatever, whoever. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know? the last couple of movies have kind of hinted at well, is there even a need for a Jedi Order anymore? And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, are the Sith gone? Are the, is the dark side defeated forever? I mean, we don't know, but based on the history of the Star Wars galaxy as we've known it in legends and movies, I'm going to say no. The dark side is still alive and well. Uh, it just will take a new it's form. It's just hiding, you know? and eventually something will, will emerge um you know maybe we'll see the uh you know the so-called true sith empire you know as we know it from the old republic mmo reveal itself in the future maybe an ancient sith threat will awaken i mean it's hard to say um but yeah i mean be fun to find it'll out. be fun to find out hopefully i mean it's just it's got to be it's not just it's got to be done well <laughs> i mean that's the that's the ultimate caveat of the star wars is when it's done well it's great when it's not done well and people tend to get mad um so yeah um 
I think yeah. I think, well, I mean, I think you hit. I don't. Right. I. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot about the force that we could definitely still discuss and speculate on. Um. You know, because one one thing with the force that has come up just between you and me and our conversations is, you know, and you've used the word ambiguity several times tonight is, you know, we, we see powers and we've been kind of trained and taught that, oh, there's a dark side power and that's a light side power and that's a power that's used by everybody. Um, but does the force care? You know, is does the force make that distinction or is that a distinction that was made by the, that galaxy's inhabitants that, oh, that's a dark thing. That's, a, you know, don't do that. That'll take you to the dark side. Was it the Jedi that that set down those boundaries was or is it just kind of a natural order that if you're following the light side, there's just abilities that you gain access to that you wouldn't unless you followed the dark, you know, and vice versa. Well, then. You bring up an interesting question with that, like, say, the Starforge, okay? Because it was, quote-unquote, a dark side uh, device that, or was you, to, to use it required the dark well, side, Well, at right? least the Ricotta built it to be powered by the dark side, because the Ricotta were a very aggressive, predatory race. And so the oh, dark okay, side okay. would kind of naturally, they were maybe more naturally attuned to the dark side. Well, it seems, I guess what the biggest thing to me always seemed to be is the light side seemed to seem to value intellect and uh, restraint over, over say, uh, emotion and uh, any kind of um, desire. So... And emotion and desire—that is one of those ones that's a tricky. It's it's the it's that slope that that obviously led Anakin to fall. But it's like I, I guess I feel like to even if you look at emotion, say um, you have fear and hate, and then you have um, love and joy and whatever you want to say are they equally as powerful but the jedi don't use say joy or happiness to bolster their power with uh, or or increase their strength in the force right and the sith um, definitely seem to have tapped into the ability to where hate anger pain seems to make them stronger at least temporarily like they can feed off their pain or you know or and that will amplify whatever so, they're doing um you know and it's maybe the sith order just a little bit i mean i guess my thing is original because what they always find is the quickest strength and the quickest um ability to grow in power is to utilize rage and anger because it's what develops the quickest and the sparking the fire the bigger the the person's uh pissed off button the bigger the 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 flame in the dark side grows meanwhile vice versa though well, love well hang, on, hang on one say, second let me let me hit you with let me hit you with the thought i just had while you were saying that so Ooh. is that actually the case or do they just think that's the case like the hate like the anger and the hate and the pain do they actually feed the dark side or do they just think they do and therefore it does? Is it like a placebo type effect? Mm -hmm. You know, like we talked about will, like the willpower of a force user can apparently be strong enough 
to do things that are you know seemingly impossible like Revan through the force willed himself back to life um Luke across the Luke galaxy across the galaxy so is is the anger hate and pain is it actually something that feeds them in a literal sense or is it just mm-hmm. something that they've convinced themselves that works and therefore because they've convinced themselves it works it does yeah sort of a placebo a, like a placebo effect a placebo yeah and and, the, and which brings us back to the idea is is it just because that has been the way that they have seen to get strength that that the sith order quote unquote doesn't use the other side of emotion to say per to ultimately grow stronger well because it's not like they they see love as as a strength they see love as a as a weakness, but at the same time, it falls under the category of emotion. And if emotion, it, whether it's a placebo or not, is something that can bolster your strength in the force, um, nobody seems to be touching that side or that area. Well, okay, so I mean, the the Sith are supposed to be the force users that don't believe in limits. So if you're going to say, okay, we're Sith, we only feed on anger, hate, pain, and tacos, you know, why are why, the tacos is made up? I'm sorry. I love tacos, I love tacos too. But, um, why would you then, if you're the, if you're the force users that don't believe in limits, why would you not use the full spectrum of emotion? If it gives you more power, I mean... Look at what look at what I, I but, feel like they never look But no, but it. look at what love can you've been in love, you're currently in love, you're married, I'm in love with my wife very much. But look at what love has done to both you and I in the past, in our younger days, because you know, we've known each other for twenty plus years now at this point. And, you know, we when we were when we were younger in our early twenties and we were out chasing girls and, you know, we would, we would meet girls and fall in love. And then, you know, obviously things didn't pan out until they did, but look at what love could do to you. Love could make you jealous. It, love could make you hurt. Love could make you do any feel any number of things. So mm-hmm. some positive, some or, negative. So if love is a very, very powerful emotion that branches you into any number of directions, why wouldn't you use that? Because I, and I would only say, I would only say because it most, li- it most likely in my opinion is um, unless you're able to devise, say you teach them to love like mutilating somebody like uh what's his name uh uh mossman Le- or mostman moment uh, the moment moment love to make sculptures out of deceased animals and basically rearrange their bones and guts um that was his thing he liked to do that servants you name it uh he he liked to create art out of um bones and yeah that was it, and I guess that's what, that he loved that. He had passion for that. It gave him joy, and he was he. And that was so. I I I guess maybe they kind of do expand on that uh, a little bit. I mean, do they really though? I mean, so like, 
you look at the Sith civilization, the Sith species or whatever, like especially as they're shown in the older public MMO, they got to be having children. They got to have spouses and they got to be fucking and they got to be breeding. You want to tell me that there's no no emotion of love coming from us from the Sith who are who are, hey, we need to keep our our civilization going, you know, so we're going to find a female Sith and we're going to fall in love and we're going to make Sith babies and those Sith baby, you know, I mean, why not use that to make yourself more powerful? And it would not make sense to, to me if they didn't. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, you know, where the idea of the Jedi being these emotionless, you know, just kind of neutral, almost robotic force users, um, I can't remember where exactly that idea was birthed. Um, maybe it was in the Phantom Menace because of uh, because of Yoda's speech to to little Anakin about him about emotion and you know and, and letting go. Is. So maybe that's where our perception of it comes from. But to me, even on the Jedi side of things, you know, where they're supposed to be protectors, how? You can't be an emotionless protector. You can't be an emotionless negotiator. You can't be, you know, you can be neutral. You can, you can have, you know, what I like to call normal face in situations where, you know, you have to stay, okay, I have to be disconnected from this. I have to, I, I can't let how I f- personally feel affect my decisions and whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't believe that Jedi were just, you know, whatever, you know, just these neutral feeling things that felt nothing. I mean, that would, to me, just ultimately remove what's supposed to make them Jedi in the first place. And then, you know, we've heard, oh, Jedi aren't supposed to fall in love. They're not supposed to get married. But we have a lot of examples of Jedi falling in love and getting married and having babies over the course of of the Jedi order and the, the history of the galaxy. So I, it's a powerful tool. And again, I think it comes back to what we've said and um, said in a lot of our shows. And I think uh, is the overall, I think I get how you've always described the force to me and the, uh, the, the underlying message of it is the force is it's it's a tool um whether it's it's aware or not whether it it even can do manipulate and has a will of its own um it's the tool itself is subject only to the intent of the user um and so if they want to use it for quote unquote good or they want to use it for bad um, that's really where it comes down to is the 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 wielder of it. Yeah, right? that, and I mean, that the force doesn't quote unquote care. You know that it. You know it's it's may okay. The force is available to you. How you use it is how you use it. Um, you know, but then I'm going to jump back to the Revenge of the Sith book because especially when they're dealing with Obi Wan and the things that he's doing. So like the scene on the bridge when, you know, like they're captured and they're led to Grievous and he takes their lightsabers. In the book, Obi-Wan is, um, you know, you're in his head as he's being led onto the bridge and, 
you know, it's describing that he's feeling the force in a way that he hasn't felt the force since he was young. Um, that it was clear and clear and coming in strong and that he could surrender to it fully. My guess for that would be is that, hey, Palpatine was like, we're in deep shit here. And the Jedi, these two Jedi are my best chance. And if I don't back off whatever dark side shit I'm doing to, to cloudy or to cloud up the force or muddle the force for the light, you know, there's a good chance I could die. Um, so, I mean, they don't out and out say that, but like Obi-Wan basically is so connected to the force at that moment in the book that he is aware of every single thing even all the robots on the bridge you know even though the robots aren't living aren't connected to the force the electricity that's powering them is a part of the force you know he's connected to everything and he was that he talks about in the book in the book not in the movie but he talks about mm-hmm. the yeah, force sorry. is literally speaking through him that he's not fully obi-wan because he's so surrendered into the force and then he talks later on, like during the fights with Grievous and Anakin about how, you know, the force is basically directing every single one of his actions, where to jump, when to jump, when to swing his lightsaber, when to do this. And that by fully surrendering and listening to what the force is saying to him, he was able to get through all these situations. You know, he, as he put it, the force is telling him, hey, jump up onto this ledge or whatever. And he trusted the force and did it because he said the force wouldn't lead him wrong. So, I mean, see, and that makes me sound feel like it's aware and it has a will. Yeah, I mean, but but you, we also know that that book isn't canon anymore. So, right, um, that's true. So that's a, it's an interesting thing that we're gonna find out. I, you know, like. I don't know. I don't know that they're ever gonna define the force for us fully because to define the force fully in a way that it's accepted is frankly going to put limits on the force. It's like, Hey, unless they find a way to describe it without, but they can't, that's the thing. You can't define something without defining its limits. Like, you, you know what well, your left hand is. At the same time, is. I think you did for You know me. what your left hand is. You know what your left, you, your left and right. Those are absolutes. And with the force, in order to define it, I think you have to put absolutes. And the second you put absolutes on the force is you're going to start limiting the force. And that's my biggest, well, but that's my biggest thing that I don't want them to do, ever do in the movies is limit the force. It's like limiting God. It's like saying, well, God can't do but that. But if you limit it to the individual saying the individual's will and not support not so much the in the ability of what the for the force is limitless it's just the the user's will and ability that defines how much the, what they can do with it um and I, I to me that definition would be just just fine uh, and i think i hope and to me that's i hope that what we i don't know to me that definition is a little bit of a cop out just a little bit of a cop out. I'm there. I'm, yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay. Then it's your I'm okay fault. with it to a certain because well, I like. I it. mean, I'm okay with it to a certain point. Um, I I just I can't. I can't wrap my. It's like it just. This is the part of it that doesn't jive with me. Okay, so you and me. Um. We're roughly the same age. We roughly had the same kind of upbringing. We grew up in the same state. You know, we we have similar interests. You and I are, are very similar people. Um, 
But so say by whatever, you know, you and I have an ability in common, but it's not like one of us is better at it than the other. And it's natural. Like you've never worked at it harder than me and I've never worked at it harder than you, but one of us is better. Let's just say one of us is a better cow milker. We'll just say cow milker. And it's by, and it's <laughs> by no, there's nothing you can point to that says that's why he's a better cow milker. So I have a hard time believing, and this is just me, that the force being what it is, is going to say, okay, now we've got these two guys going in for Jedi training. I'm going to make it so this one is special and this one's just normal. And, and the only thing that separates that guy from being normal and that guy from being special is the fact that maybe that guy wants it a little bit more. Like, it just seems so, I don't know how to, how to put it, but it just seems so like petty almost or random. And I just, the force has never been shown to be petty or random. Like I just, I, I can't, I can't fully calculate out that that line of reasoning to a place that makes complete sense for me i think it the the way i look at it as far as when you described it to me is it's still it uh, the will the strength of the individual um but it's like uh it's like baby yoda getting pa- passing out when he uses the force too much or um, at all actually uh, it's it's almost Luke, at all yeah. like but to me that i it seems like a physical exhaustion thing to me more than, well, more than yeah, and it. Luke, Luke gave his life when he put through himself uh, across the universe became for, he surrendered to the force. Obi-Wan surrendering to the force when Vader strikes him down. Um, so, I mean, that almost makes it seem like if you, uh, like if you're physic more physically fit, you can do more with the force even like, like yeah like, like there is a strength component don't skip to it. leg day bro or you're not going to be able to do that force ability it's like <laughs> or maybe there's a quote unquote force muscle that just is like you know in the EU that Luke used to probe there's just a force muscle that uh, some people innately have a bigger muscle than others um but if you work it out and you know how to use that sucker you can use it better than those who might have been born with 12 inches. You know, honestly, it's questions and topics like this that I can see why they created midi-chlorians. Because midi-chlorians kind of sort of gives an explanation why somebody is stronger in the force than somebody else. And then you just have to say, well, there's a lot of different ways where a person could get them. Okay, sure. So now, but hang on, here's, here's... one of many problems with the midi-chlorines is like, okay, so the midi-chlorines lie within our blood cells. So couldn't a really powerful Jedi give like a blood transfusion to a weaker Jedi and make them stronger? Right. That's kind of where I was at with <laughs> I mean, that too. It's, yeah, it's just weird. Um, it makes you th- – but also with – but Palpatine and Sidious uh, manipulating the midi-chlorines into – what's her name? He just – it might have just been a pregnancy and he was like, midi-chlorines, okay. And he started shoving them in there. Maybe. But I mean she also said there was no father. So, 
That's true. (laughs) So, I mean, he obviously created the pregnancy and maybe it was, hey, I'm I'm creating this. I'm going to make it the way I want to make it. And so he just, yeah. And so I, I, there's a lot that I guess it, it, I, maybe just a lot of ways that you could potentially manipulate that, but you know, it's, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, lots to yeah, think about. Lots to anyway, think about. we, we digress. So, I mean, I think, but the force itself, I think, you know, that's, it's, it's, it is a wonderfully ambiguous thing, but it is also, I don't know. There's definitely some boundaries to it. Well, I mean, Luke in one of the books that's now Legends basically said, well, the force as we know it is a giant river that many people can drink from in many different ways. So, I mean, so obviously... I think that yeah, says not it. Every, not every force user is coming in equally and not every force user is coming in um, with the same outlook and thoughts on on the force what i know deep down is that it's a giant big old mystery and uh you and i ain't gonna solve it (laughs) nope that's absolutely right and i think that that's all i got for it yeah that's all i got for it too but um you know i think we've been kind of dancing around with it We've never really grabbed it fully by the ass and gone for it. So I think next week, why don't we look forward to a big old discussion about The Mandalorian, about the series? Um, All right. I, th- I think that will be I think that will be a fun one. And I think a lot of people are going to look. forward. Yeah, to that I mean, definitely. we keep we keep using it for conversation in this show and for obvious reasons. So maybe it's just time that we uh, we dive into the into the series and just analyze it and talk and enjoy it and reminisce and share thoughts on it and not necessarily a review. We don't need to review it. Um, it's pretty much universally loved. It's very rare to see somebody have a bad thing to say about it. Um, but yeah, I think it's time that we do our Mandalorian episode. So I think, I think, I think it's, yeah, I, th- I agree completely. So now you guys have a reason. So we'll see you guys next week. And until next week, well, I think you want to take us out, buddy? Well, I'm Buddy, that's Guy, and we have spoken. <laughs>